Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Tonight I'm going to talk about one community away, friending three. We're one community away from probably seeing what you've never seen in your life before. Are you glad you're here tonight? Are you glad you're in the house? So if you want to, if you want to come Sunday morning, 9, 11, whatever, go get you a quick bite to eat and come back and honor Rob Condry. The funeral will not be lengthy. He said, I don't want it sad. I don't want it long. So we're, <laughs> we're going to honor him. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do him well. Turn to somebody and shake their hand and say, Hello, friend. Part three. Part three. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Everybody say, Pastor, preach to me. Let the word touch my heart. Let the word change my heart. Pastor, preach to me. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Pastor, preach to me. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. Say amen. Okay, week three, let's get started. Are you a good cook? Oh, we got so many storytellers. First sentence and I get... A bunch of men saying, yeah. I didn't say griller. I said cook. And would you be willing to supply food twice a month? Do you have a swimming pool? We're looking for a place to have CLC parties. Are you an odd person? Why are you odd? Or are you an even person? And why are you even? Let me dive in today with our key thought and our key verse. I've said it for three weeks. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Say it with me. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Solomon said in Proverbs thirteen twenty, If you walk with the wise, you will be wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 13, 20 said, If you walk with the wise, you'll be wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. What he's saying is if you hang around those who are passionate, if you hang around people who are positive and faith-filled, you'll become more positive and you'll become more full of faith. But on the other hand, if you hang with people who are negative and you hang with people who have a critical attitude, you'll become what you hang with. Last week, we talked about three types of poverty. We talked about material poverty. You know what I'm talking about, people that don't have enough money. We talked about spiritual poverty, people that are not plugged into God the way they ought to. And thirdly, and it jarred a lot of folks, we talked about relational poverty. 
And that's the thing we talked about. It seems the more material blessings, the more financial blessings that people have, the more we're losing the blessing of relationships. A lot of theories as to why. One of them is that many of us strive to be independent. I'm going to be independent if it kills me. I don't want to have to depend on anybody. I don't want to have to depend on daddy. I don't want to depend on mama. I don't want to depend on a preacher. I don't have to depend on a wife. I want my freedom. I don't need anything. Can I tell you that is distinctly non-Christian? It really is. God did not create us to be independent, but instead to be dependent on him and on the people in his family. Jesus died for us and loves the church, and we together are to serve one another We're to love one another, we're to exhort one another, and we're to lift one another. Independence is strictly and distinctly non-Christian. In fact, even in our language, I believe sometimes we don't communicate the fullness of what God wants in our lives. In the church world, we will say something like, I have said this a number of times myself, and it's very true, which is, you need to have a personal relationship with God. How many believe that? Can I tell you, though, that there's something richer than that? There really is. And that is a shared relationship with God. Wherever two or three gather together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. Experiencing God on your own is wonderful. I love those times. I love to get alone with my God. I love to be by myself sometimes and just have a walk in this church, driving down the road in my car, finding a place beside my chair in my bedroom, finding a place by the couch in the living room. I love those times. However, I believe that the better experience in the grand context of things is a broader, deep, biblical community. And yet so few have that. They want their God, but they want total privacy. And in our culture... We have so many external blessings, and yet so many people internally are relationally impoverished because they don't have friends. So through research, I will give you my opinion of the top three reasons why so many people are relationally impoverished today. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, the average American moves once every five years. It's hard to keep relations going when you're moving all the time. It's very difficult. I hate to tell you all this because it's going to sound like that my family couldn't get it together, but I went to six schools in one school year one year because we moved so much. Boy, I met a lot of people, but I don't remember any of them because about the time I'd start saying, wow, you're a nice guy. I like like to hang with you. We'd be up and going again because daddy was searching for that whatever. If you're between the ages of 20 and 40, you move once every three years. It's hard. It's really hard to have lasting relationships if you don't stick around. I'd like to applaud the people. I'd like to really applaud the people that have been in this church 20 years or more. I'd like to give you a hand right now. I'd enjoy that right now. I'd like to applaud the people that have been in this church 10 years or more right now. Come on. I'd like to applaud those people. And I really would like to applaud the people who've been here five years or longer. Come on, let's clap for them. And I really want to applaud the people that want to be here for five, six, seven years. Amen? It's important to lay a foundation 
of relationship in your life. It really is. You know, every time something doesn't go wrong, doesn't go right in your family, you don't jump up and divorce your wife. Every time your kids don't act right, you don't say, well, I'm going to sell them off at the next auction. <laughs> Sometimes things don't happen right in your church. That don't mean you put the church on the sale block and auction off to the lowest bidder and say anywhere is better than this place. I'm going to tell you something. You're in a very, very, very good place tonight on a Wednesday night to receive the word of the Lord. Clap your hands for that. Come on, clap your hands. The second thing, the second thing that I think makes us relationally impoverished is that modern conveniences have come. Everybody say modern conveniences. Did I spell that right? Yeah, I did. Did I? Yeah, I did. Okay. Books tell you one of the first things that brought relationally impoverished people was the air conditioner. Now, you got to get this. It massively changed community friendship. Before the air conditioner in homes, where did people hang out in the evening time? They hung out in their front yard. They hung out in their backyard. You know why? Because it was cooler outside than it was inside. And everybody was saying to the neighbor, hey, neighbor, how you doing today? Your wife cooked you something good tonight? Did you have any dessert? We didn't. You got any to share? I remember us sitting outside on the porch many times, front porch, back porch, and before you know it, we'd have four, five, six families around because mama knew how to get a guitar down. And mama could sing. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Mama could sing. She's going on to glory. She's teaching angels how to sing, but mama could sing. And she'd get that guitar down, and we'd sing sometime till 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, just singing because it was cooler outside than it was inside. And it was so neat to have families and friends and people come over. Air condition came, and we're all inside. The next modern convenience that changed neighborhoods relationship was the attached garage. Some of you remember, if you look at the older homes, there's a detached garage. People had to walk from the garage to the house to be outside for at least a minute or two and be able to say something to the neighbors who was mowing the yard or watering their roses or whatever. And when they became attached, and with the in invention of the garage door opener, now you don't have to even wave at the neighbors. You just come in, push that little handle, go into your bat cave, push the button on the visor, it opens the door, it pulls it shut, you're in. You live in the same neighborhood for years and never meet the neighbors because you got an attached garage. In there, some of you get ready that remember these times. The phone would ring, two long rings and a short. And then a short and two longs. It's called a party phone. A party phone. We used to have one that was eight people on that party line. And that phone demanded to be answered. You remember when that phone would, how many remember that? How many remember that? Lord, I'm dating myself, aren't I? And you know what? If you didn't answer that phone, the neighbor who saw your car in the driveway and you didn't answer the phone, you got a visit from that party line neighbor. They'd knock on the door. Why didn't y'all answer the phone? I thought maybe y'all died or something. <laughs> then we got private lines. But still you had to answer the phone. However now, don't have to. We have these fancy answering machines. Never have to answer the phone. Modern conveniences. It's driving us 
relationally to an impoverished position. And I, 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 I really feel that we need, to, we need in this church to break some barriers in that area. We need to break some barriers. I, 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 know, I know that we have, we've, almost gone, we've almost gone to a, just an enclosed position. It's my four and no more. But some of you are missing some of the greatest joys in all the world by not having four, five, six family friends in your life. You need friendship in your life. Your kids need kids at the house. Your, 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 your family, your family needs families at the house. I know the Bible said, withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house lest he grow tired of thee and say, I hate thee. I know that's in the Bible. But I'm talking about people who never want to mix and mingle, never want to go get a Coke, never want to go and even look at a cheeseburger with anybody else. I don't know what the deal is. Come on, folks. Let's open up our hearts in this hour. We need a church. We need a community of people that is absolutely ready to embrace people because people are hungry for what this church possesses in this hour. Amen. And I can't get to all of them. Boy, I try. And then the third reason that I think we're relationally impoverished is the rise of social media. I acknowledge that social media is a tremendous blessing. I enjoy my, my, my five, what have I got, a 5S? I enjoy my phone. I had to ask, didn't I? I'm not a victim of it myself, but I do use it from time to time, this social media. I'm a texter, and I'm a tweeter. And I've got, I, te- I tweet about once a week, and I got, I got a bunch of friends. <laughs> but I read something the other day. The author said, now you got to get this. Social media is creating an epidemic of deferred loneliness. Social media is creating an epidemic of deferred loneliness. Think about it. Facebook, you post something there, or you upload a pic on Instagram, and you almost instantly get an instant feedback. Someone gives you a thumbs up. You get a like. And someone says, you look good in that pic. And if you're truthful, you say, I took 40 of them so I'd look good. <laughs> but you don't say that. What you say is, I'm not real photogenic. I, I'm just not real photogenic. But thank you for telling me I look good. <laughs> you know you do it. Come on. Yet inside... You know how short amount of a time it took for someone to double-click on a picture on Instagram. So it does not eliminate or alleviate loneliness. It only defers it. It just defers loneliness. And many of us are going through life with 4,000 friends, and yet no one we could call if we really needed to reveal our hearts to somebody that we trusted. Deep down we think and know something's missing and something's wrong. Last week we declared it may not be something that's missing. It may be someone that is missing in your world. Tonight I speak as your pastor. On my third lesson, you might be one community away from changing your course of destiny. You may be one community away from changing your ability to make a difference in this world. You may be one community away from new life. You may be one community away from new hope. You may be one community away from new dreams. Can I tell you something, folks? There is nothing greater in all the world than a community of believers that meet together two or three times a week. 
that have women's Bible studies, that have men's Bible studies, that have fellowship in the gym, that have kids' programs, that have youth programs. There is nothing greater in all the world that you could help your kids and help your family with than what you're doing right now. I applaud you tonight because you're sitting in the house of the Lord, and this is a community of biblical believers that we trust and understand that if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. We are marching together in cadence because God Almighty has touched this church. Can you give the Lord a great hand for that right now? This is a great community of people. So I've been asked, Pastor, if there was one contributing factor to your general success, first I would say it's not the success that perhaps I dreamed of. Maybe who your family is or what you have been able to do in ministry. What would that best contributing factor be? And here is my answer, hands down. It is the long term. Very deep. Very committed. And when I use intimate, I do not use that as a sexual term, but very intimate relationship. With some of the finest ministers and some of the finest people that I've ever met in this life. If there's any success at all, it's because that I have not cut relationships off. And I still grieve when people cut them off on their end to me. Because I believe that the greatest thing that you can have outside of Jesus Christ is a relationship with people that love the same God and have the same hope and preach the same message that you believe in your heart and in your life. Clap your hands to that right now because that is the truth. All the way down in my life, if you take just this church leadership, I'm not privileged to keep these young men long, long term. Jonathan Moore broke the bank. He stayed 10 years. Russ stayed eight and a half and, 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 and Nate stayed about eight. But it wasn't long enough. And these guys that are here now, One's been here over five and two have been here over three. But I try to get to know all the pastoral team in an intimate knowledge, in an intimate way. On a personal scale, what makes them tick? What's their personal battles? What's their anxiety over the future? What's their weariness with the present? What's their family issues? What's their people problems? What's their care that they need? What's the feeling of part that they want to be a part of? I consider these young men that work here not only staff pastors, but I consider them close friends. And when they have celebration, I celebrate. And when they have babies, I rejoice. And when Mitch and Brandy said they're going to have another one, we got double happy. Because it's just awesome. And then to hear the guys like Charles Chagua and, and Jonathan Moore and Nate Keating and Russ Cripps and, and Dwayne Turnbow and men like that to call back and say, Pastor, some of the greatest years of my life. We're living right there in Austin, Texas and, and loving the people at Christian Life Church. That is to me, hands down, the very greatest thing that I could ever tell you is a contributing factor to any success that I've had. And the fact that you are in this church tonight and many of you have been here for a long time and you're not going anywhere. We're doing life together. Isn't it fun to do life together? Isn't it a neat thing to do life together? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it great? Isn't it great to do life together? I, I believe with all my heart that people that want to do life are committed people. 
and people that want to do life with their partners are committed people. And it's time that we get back to old-fashioned commitment to our families and old-fashioned commitment to our God and old-fashioned commitment to our church and old-fashioned commitment to our friends. Amen? Come on, clap your hands. That's what it's all about. Somebody said, do you think alike? Not always. Do you have the same interest? No, not much. But I did get Mitch interested in basketball this year. I did something for Mitch this year that he'll probably never forgive me of because I got him stuck on basketball. I sent him down to see the Spurs play. I had some tickets and I didn't get to go. And so I sent Mitch and his father-in-law and they went down and he came back and said, when can I go again? <laughs> I love that because I turned him on to something. Maybe a sin in your camp, but boy, it's fun in our camp. <laughs> Can we all play the piano? No, just one of us, Randy. And we don't like him. <laughs> so he can play the guitar too. Teasing, we love him. We share what we can, and we allow what we don't share. But on a personal note, I've had some friends for 40 plus years. Some for only five years and some for 20 years. Some I've reconnected to after many years apart because of fellowship circles. And I get pics from my close friends sometimes. And they tell me, look on Facebook. I sent this to your wife, but I want you to see it. Because I don't do Facebook. Just thought I'd share that with you tonight. Grandkids, church news. Things that my best friends want to share with their best friend. We have and we'll continue to do life together. The Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It's not always talking about Jesus either. Been there for their parents passing. They've been here for mine. They prayed for my kids. I prayed for their kids. They preached in this pulpit. I preached in theirs because a friend loveth at all times. Their kids, my kids, are serving God at this time because I believe not only of the impact that my wife and I have had on our kids, but the impact that these men that I cherish as my friends have had on my kids, the love that they've had on my kids. My kids still, my, 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 my three daughters still talk about a man named Jim Larson who came here when we were still in the old building and did a couple of anniversaries for us and took off his big old shoes and took offerings up for my daughters. And, 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 and they said, boy, we, we, we want Brother Larson back every year, Daddy, for anniversary because he gave them money. And when they think of Brother Larson today, they think with fondness because Brother Larson blessed my kids. Brother Lyles has blessed my kids. Brother Fender has blessed my kids. People in my life, Dan Dean is a dear friend of mine, and he's blessed my kids. And it's not all that what we have done to keep our kids in the house of God. It's what other people have done with my kids and for my kids to keep them plugged into the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, you need relationships in your life. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it saying, I don't want anybody. I want independence. You need friends. Come on. You need people in your life. It's important. Hell wants a minister's child. They want yours also, but a preacher who helps people with their needs needs to have children calling on the name of the Lord also. I will go on record and say some of you have been a main cause in the reason my kids are still here. Because you've encouraged those kids and you've loved those kids. There's nothing like a community of fellowship. There's nothing like a church. Turn to your wife and say, you know, we got a pretty good thing going. Say it right now. Say it to your friend next to you. Say it to your significant other. Say it to anybody. 
So we got a pretty good thing going. But man, pastor's talking to us about this church tonight. Let's get plugged in. Acts 2 and 42 says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The community centered around Jesus Christ. In verse 43, it said, and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. This is right after they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 44, it said, all that believed were together and had all things common. Isn't that neat? It didn't matter how much you made. It didn't matter how big you was. It didn't matter how education was. They had all things common. They just could get on the common scale because Jesus Christ is the lowest common denominator. He is the thing that can bring us all together. Amen. There's nothing that can get into your life like Jesus. And when he gets into your life, everything becomes common with everybody. It's an awesome thing. And they sold their possessions. This is where it gets tough. And their goods. And they parted them to all men as every man had need. That's love. That's real love. Love not seen by the world today. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. They came to church and breaking bread from house to house. They'd eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Is there any cooks in the house? We need some place to have a CLC party. And they ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Everybody say praising God. Having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. When you get the right community, when you get the right community going, there ain't nothing that hell can do to stop a church from growing. You hear me? God's going to add to the church daily. Come on. Come on. Everybody say, I'm clapping because I need friends in my life. Come on. I'm clapping because I want friendships. I'm clapping because I want to be a friend to somebody in this world. Amen. I'm clapping. Hear this, Pastor. You don't just stumble into a fellowship like this by accident. Give me a little love. If you want me to preach right now, I'm fixing to. Give me a little love. Come on, clap a little bit. Give me a little love. Here we go. Three little things I'm going to talk about, then I'm going to let you go. Three things. With my friends, we have refrigerator rights. Anybody is scared of what's in your refrigerator? At my 60th birthday party, lots of my close friends were there. A lot of preacher friends. Coach Darrell Royal was there. Wayne Ahart was there. I had a lot of close friends there. They all loved me. And I told them to make my home their home. And they did. I said, mi casa, you casa. Is that what you say? I love to wait on friends, but if I'm occupied, they know where the fridge is and where the colas are and where the tea's located and the bluebell. And I know when I go to their house where it is too. Don't, you don't have to get up. I can help myself. We have fruit out. We don't have that fruit out, so it'll just be pretty. It's not there for decoration. It's to eat. If I ever invite you to my house, and I got Oreo cookies out there, I put them out there for you. They're not for decoration. And if you don't eat them, when you're gone, I will. <laughs> Munch away. I got candy out. We got Hershey Kisses. We got Hershey Kisses. We, we got candy. People give us candy. We just put it out on the, on the big, old, big old bar area there, right there in the middle of that big island. We just put it out there. And when you come, just grab some. We got a bit of honeys. We got refrigerator rights at our house. You need refrigerator rights at your house. You know, when friends come to my house, there's no big chair that's mine. 
It is when my kids are there. But not when company comes. You can sit anywhere. You can sit, you can sit in, a, in a stool. You can sit on a couch. You can sit in a chair. You can sit in the big chair. Besides, Patty gets that all the time anyhow. That big chair. It's for our friends. You understand what I'm telling you? We, they, know where the, they know where the pantry is. They know if you go in our pantry, look just to the left, you'll see all kinds of chips up there. And there'll always be Cheetos. Both the puffy kind and the crispy kind. Ain't nothing better than putting a Cheeto in your mouth and just sucking all the orange off of it. Ain't nothing like it. Tonight, when I go home, I'm feeling it right now. I'm going to eat me some Cheetos. But we have refrigerator rights. You don't, you don't ask people into your house, set stuff out and say, now, just take one, please. If a kid wants a Twinkie, we're going to give him a Twinkie. That's what friends do. We have refrigerator rights. I heard Ray. <laughs> we have refrigerator rights. This is what we're about. We're about family. We're about connecting. We're about loving. We're about sharing. We're about giving. You can't be stingy and have refrigerator rights in your house. We got extra refrigerators out in the, in the, in the garage. I'm making y'all hungry and thirsty, aren't you? We've got refrigerators out there, and we got, Patty gets these bottles of water, and we got bottles of water, and, but Patty has got a rule. We've got to drink at least three from one bottle. In other words, you drink that bottle, then you've got to fill it up twice before you can throw it away. I don't know. It's just the way she is. <laughs> she got six-ounce cans for our little grandsons because they used to open those 12-ounce cans of Coca-Cola and Coke Zero, and they'd drink about three swallows, and they'd say, I want another one. And we'd have all kinds of stuff to pour out when they left. But you know what? We don't fuss about it. Because it's, it's called refrigerator rights. We'll make it up. It's not going to bring a crash of the stock market. It's going to be all right. I may be teaching something you don't like, but it's all right. It's all right. Because friends are the greatest thing in all the world. That's what God gave you to have is friendships. And I believe in friending. Say amen to that. We're not always going to agree, but we're always going to be agreeable because that's what friends do. Amen? The second thing I want to tell you is that all my friends have flawed feet. Every one of them. Every one of them. The Bible says in the book of Romans, how should they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how should they believe on him in whom they have not heard, and how should they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And as it is written, how beautiful, really, are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Yeah. Folks, you wouldn't want me to get barefooted right now. <laughs> and I think I'll bring a gospel of peace. It must be talking about something else. It must be that the footprints that you make are just peaceful footprints. It can't be about physical beauty. Right now on this second toe on this side right here, I have got, I've got something growing on it. And I've got a sleeve over that toe so that that toe can rest up against the top of that shoe and I won't be in abject pain. I don't want to take my shoe off and take my sock off and show you that little thing around it, a little sleeve. Patty, my doctor, fixed that for me this morning because I had had a sleeve and it was slipping off. It was going up too high and it was missing the point. 
And I've got, a, I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow because it's been there a long time, but my feet are not pretty. I've got my little toes on both feet have been broken three times a piece. And they have stood out like this. <laughs> and I brought them back in and, and taped them. So they're funky. I got funky little toes. Aren't you glad somebody's honest with you because you got funky toes too. You probably got one that goes like that. What I'm saying is everybody has flawed feet. You know what I'm really saying? Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Everybody walks an irregular route from time to time. We think thoughts we shouldn't think. We do things and say things we shouldn't say. Everybody I run with, every pastor I know has flawed feet. But I'm here to tell you something. We forgive each other because we can look at one another right in the eye and say, thus saith the Lord, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to help you in your problem. You're going to help me in my problem because everybody has problems. Everybody. Paul says this. He said, we should accept one another as Christ has accepted us. We should accept one another as Christ has accepted us. Paul says, bring praise to God. You'll never fellowship perfection. All of us have flaws, but you must hold each other accountable because that's why you're a friend. Remember, Nathan told David the truth. Remember Jonathan? He fought for David and gave him strength when his own father tried to kill David. Remember Samuel? He saw on the inside what David was while everybody else looked on the outside and saw what he wasn't. You need those kind of friends in your life. And you've got to understand that nobody's going to ever fellowship perfection. We all have flaws. So you're going to get mad. Oh, my God, they just can't get it together. You're probably not got it together either. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm pretty much. I pretty much got it together. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Pretty much got it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm pretty cool. People need me. No, no, no. You need somebody. You need somebody to teach you how to dress. Oh, I'm having fun. Everybody say, my friends friends have flawed feet. feet. I've called my pastor friends when they've been forlorn. I've called my pastor friends when they've had problems that hit the church. And vice versa, they've called me. I've counseled marriages of my pastor friends. I'd never betray them. Thank God, Patty and I have never had to be counseled. We might have needed it a time or two, but we worked it out. Amen. I put ha there with three exclamation points. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But I read a story about a prince in the Bible named Mephibosheth. He had flawed feet. He was dropped at birth. 2 Samuel chapter 9, 13 said that Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. Now watch this. He was lame, but he ate. He was lame, but he ate. Don't miss the power of this, lame and eating, because we all fellowship crippled feet. But when we come to the king's table, 
the table has a way of covering the flaw. That's why it's important to come to church every time the door is open. We need a place to put our feet under the table of the king every chance we get because all of us have flawed feet. But when I put them under the king's table, you can't see them anymore. And I can magnify the Lord because God's blood covers my flaws. The third thing my friends and I do is we fight lions. We fight lions. First Peter 5 and 8 said, be alert and sober-minded. This is my closing point. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Everybody say, the devil, the devil. wants a piece of me. The devil wants to take a chunk out of me. The devil wants to destroy me. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. Satan is connected to cats. That's why I don't like them. A dog never acts like a cat. A dog will... Sweet boy. A cat will go... Oh, she just don't know you. He just don't know you. But that dog don't know me either. <laughs> that tail just a <laughs> This would have been a good night to take and show it on TV, wouldn't it? The big cat wants to pick you off. He wants to get you away from the herd and pick you off, devour you, destroy you. I got a video here I want you to look at. I'm going to kind of I'm going to kind of tell the story of this video. Many of you may have seen it because seven million four hundred fifty-five thousand people have seen it. I'm going to show you something in closing. We fight lions. Let me show you something here. Here's some water buffalo. They're coming to a they're coming to a pond to eat. And there's there's the old devil. There's the there's the lions over there. Jaron's kind of clipped and cut this a little bit to make it a whole lot shorter. It's not going to be real lengthy. These water buffaloes are just walking right into the danger of it all. But the point is this, folks. Those water buffalo have more with them than those lions have with them. There's about six or eight, maybe ten of those lions. You wait till you see this, you wait till you see this Wednesday night crowd of these water buffaloes coming to this water here. The Wednesday night crowd is going to overwhelm you. So here's the lions. They're huddling. They're crouching. They're looking. And the old bull, the old daddy, he sees it. The pastor sees it. And he starts running. And here they come, and look who they get. Look who they're going to get. They're going to get the little baby. They're going to grab the baby. There it goes. They're going to grab the baby. Now, don't get, don't get forlorn. Don't get forlorn because that baby's going to rise again without any pain, no hurt. That baby's going to live. He's not going to die, so it's not anything bad. You can tell your kids you didn't see an R-rated thing. You saw a G-rated thing here tonight. Now, they're trying to work on him, but see, they're, they're a little bit frightened because they understand that that water buffalo one-on-one against, that, against that, bear, that line right there will whip him. So they're trying to get him out of the water. Now, here comes a little more problem because there's a gator. There's a gator fixing to come up and grab a hold of that little, little buffalo. See that gator right there? See the gator? He's trying to grab him. He wants, he wants a piece of it. So we got, him, we got him fighting the amphibious fight of both land and water. And he's trying his best to get away from this pride of lion. And this gator wants him my land. He's in trouble. Anybody ever come to church like that? You say, well, my Lord, I think I'll go swim, but the gators will get me. I'll get on land, the lions will get me. And here he's fighting, he's fighting. Now, hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute. We're fixing to change pictures here. 
You're going to see something. Look at that old gator's tail. He's trying his best to get that little old feller back in there, and he can't. He gives up. So the lions have got him now on the land, but here comes the church. See, when you get a friend, you can fight lions together. Here comes the church. Now watch, the church, they're not, they're not in a victory march. They're in a slow-moving cadence. And here they come. Here comes old daddy. Old pastor's leading the way now. He said, we're not going to have this. One of our young'uns is down. He's distraught. He's cast on his back. He can't get up. And watch him, watch that, watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. You fix to see something you're going to get so happy about. Them old bulls are fixing to get happy with those lions. He say, I got courage. Do you have courage? Yeah, I've got courage. You got courage? Yeah, I got courage. Oh, I don't think I have courage. Uh, oh, he rolls one. One of them got rolled, and then here comes, he going to chase him off. He got one of them devils out of there. He's going to chase him off. See, he's going to chase him off. Let's clap for that old boy. He did good. That's a friend right there. That's a friend. Now, here comes another. Look how he throws him in the air. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, because one gets thrilled and one gets strong, everybody starts feeling strong. So the whole crowd's going after that one line. They're going to wear him out. And he don't know the whole bunch is after him. And he, then he gets bumped in the backside and he takes off. Boy, this is exciting to me. Now, watch this. They're coming back now. Look, the little one, he's up, he's up, he's up, he's out. He's out now. We've got to take care of these lines. And they're scared. The devil is scared as a, as a cat. He's scared to death. He's not roaring right now because church is about to wear him out. There he goes, he's running. There he goes, he's running. The little child got saved and the church is rejoicing. Wait a minute, we got a couple more here. Take care of them, buddy, take care. There's another one. Get all them lines out of the church. Get them out of the church. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. Let's clap for the, for the water buffalo, amen. Isn't that tough? That's what happens, that's what happens when you have friendship. You may come to church and say, boy, I've been battling all week. I've been down. I've been battled. It seemed like everything's trying to pull me apart. Something's pulling on the backside and something's pulling on the front side. And I don't know how to get out. Just come to church because we'll show up and we'll praise the Lord together. And we'll magnify the Lord together. And we'll have an old-fashioned move of God. And before you know it, you'll be out of that. You'll be out of that. And you'll have victory in your heart, victory in your soul. And walk out of here with faith in your heart. That's good stuff. Everybody keep standing. I'm done preaching. I'm done preaching. John 13, 35 said, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. I spelled it wrong. Mitch corrected it. Thank you, Mitch. If you have love on to another, one to another. You got to get to a loving and caring for people. One community away from a new destiny. One community away from a new hope. One community away from a new love. One community away from a brand new future. That's what it's all about. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. That's the word tonight. Amen. Clap your hands. I love you. Amen. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.